0: Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. You're also Kate, to like to debate the merits of all that they've seen: comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse. let the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsic, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And listeners, if you notice a slight clip in my voice, it's because we have a hard out today and i know i've said for the last two weeks that i promise really realsies this is going to be short but this one is actually going to be short meaning an hour or less and i'm very excited for this because i don't know when the last time is that i've managed to keep us under an hour but there are we have social responsibilities and work responsibilities that are dictating this so it'll be easier for me to hold to thank you for your patience Noel
1: (laughs) let's do this let's tell tell me about the news
0: Okay, we have just a few quick news items here. Uh, first of all, because of all of our discussions that we've had on the podcast around the Bon Appétit uh, video. Vertical uh, and YouTube channel, everything. We I wanted to mention that uh, there was a write-up on Sola over at Vulture. I'll put a link in the show notes, which is talking about her new web series, Stump Sola, which is on the Babish uh, Culinary Universe YouTube channel. So Binging with Babish, Basics with Babish. Um, and it's only 10 episodes. They're already on episode like three or four. So it's a short run thing. But if it does well, theoretically, they'll do more of it. Go check it out. Support Sola. She's great. Um, or at least I think she's pretty cool. Um, then we have, uh, Tatiana Zolani news, which I missed entirely. So what is this?
1: She's not She-Hulk. Um, she talked to the, uh, Sud, Sudbury Star, and she was just like, yeah, that's not a real thing. Um, it's not. I've been connected to these things in the past, and the press has gotten into it, but it's not actually a thing, unfortunately. End Mm -hmm. quote. So she's not She-Hulk.
0: Yeah. Which, tears.
1: But- that is also something that a person with a secret identity would say.
0: That is something that a person with a secret identity would say. That's very true. Um, you know what is, unfortunately, a thing, though, apparently? A new season of Dexter? Why? Why Showtime? Just, like, no one no one asked for this. You made sure we wouldn't ask for this when you ended Dexter like that. Um, so, yeah. Just, like... <sighs> sure, but cancel the Kirsten Dunn show. But bring back Dexter, Because I'm sure Dexter is going to cost less than the second season of I'm Becoming a God in Central Florida. I roll. Um, Any thoughts on this?
1: I've never actually watched an episode of Dexter in its entirety. So I have no opinion about it apart from that's just weird, guys. And also, he's a lumberjack now. I don't understand what this show is.
0: He's a lumberjack and he's okay. Keep him in the woods. Um, Mm -hmm. Our last bit of puzzling news or... So, I guess the last one wasn't puzzling. It was just annoying. Um, The puzzling news is that The Vow has been renewed for a season two at HBO. Like, I I mean, I understand how in a Scientology, uh, like the the Leah Remini show um, kind of way, but that's not, you know, that's not what this has been. Uh, So, I... I am going to finish this season of The Vow, but I do not anticipate coming back for a season two. What, what, what do you think about this?
1: Having not read the news, are they doing like an antho show of like other types of things like Remini's program? Or... Oh,
0: no, it's it's more of an eerie.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know how this is a second season. Um, unless they're going to talk about how Allison Mack is enrolled in Berkeley right now, I mean, I just I don't know what they're going to do.
0: They're going to have more stories of survivors and people who have okay. left, and more secrets right. from within DOS and other. But it's like, uh, I mean, if you, if survivors want to tell their stories, I'm all for that. Uh, I just, yeah, I, it seems, you know, I don't, I can't know because I haven't seen it because they haven't made it yet. So I guess yeah. I will withhold judgment. But I'm not planning to watch beyond this first season. So, Um, (laughs) Mm. on that theme, today we'll be talking about Cobra Kai season one. Spoilers, I didn't love it. Um, That's going to be our our segment at the end of the show. I don't, I have no idea how Null feels about it. So, we'll see if this is contentious or just a bunch of us going, Yup. But I'm looking forward to it, listeners. I'll be at the end of the show. For now, we are going to just head right into our weekend TV just serenaded by the the delightful Amber Ruffin singing I've Got $20 More Than the President, which was featured on this week's Amber Ruffin Show. We're not talking about Amber Ruffin Show this week, but uh, it had this song, which is delightful. So we hope you enjoy. Be right back after this. I've got $20 more than the president. You may not think it's a lot, but it's more than what Trump's got. I've got $20 more than the president. I've got $20 more than he has. Maybe I could lead a nation, maybe
1: I could host a reality show i could say i'm a genius billionaire
0: when in reality i blow maybe america works for the rich and the poor the poor being donald trump i could sink billions of dollars in failing businesses and land right on my rub i'm
1: letting on my big
0: We only got to do one minute of that song because that's like the, you know, try to keep it under a minute kind of a thing for usage. Uh, and it just makes me sad because it keeps going, listeners, and it's so good. So you should seek it out. Just
1: very good. <laughs>
0: I like Tarek's part, you know, that he does with the wallet and everything. It's very good. This week in TV, we're going to kick things off with reality. And guess what, guys? The Amazing Race is back for season 32. Uh, One million miles. Um, Then Guys Grocery Games is also back for season 25, but it's Guys Grocery Games Delivery. Uh, So they had two episodes. Guys Grocery Games or GGG, Triple G at Home. Triple G. Triple G at Home. Sorry, that's the appropriate vernacular. And then Budget Games. So more on that. Uh, Then Noel caught up with the American Barbecue Showdown season one. And then we have to talk baking show, bake off, uh, Bread Week. And then I have a few thoughts about Lovecraft Country, Rewind 1921, which I, so I caught up with the show, and we'll round things out with DuckTales, the Forbidden Fountain of the Foreverglades! So first up is The Amazing Race. It is back. And listen, listeners, the first thing in our notes here is just, like, bold, I didn't count, like, 18 question marks. How? So, Noel, you have since found out how. Uh yeah. Would you like to enlighten the, the the listeners as to how is there an amazing race right now?
1: So thanks to friend of the show, Alison Shoemaker, explaining this to us. <laughs> um, this season was filmed prior to the pandemic. And they actually, I think she said that they had finished wrap. They had wrapped like just before everything kind of started to shut down. Um, and then they were just in post-production for it um so and there's even like a little thing at the beginning of the episode that says this was shot before the pandemic everyone is safe we were all very safe just you know
0: i really appreciated now. that video at the front i'm gonna need them yeah. to keep airing that disclaimer yeah they really do every yeah. episode yeah it's like don't do this now <laughs> we yes. did this in the before times <laughs> don't do this now uh, what did you think of the episode itself
1: so I think the episode itself is pretty solid. Um, I liked all the challenges in it. Um, they're the appropriate amount of silly, l- easy start type of deals of go find this fish. You have to find the right color and you've got to get the combo. Okay, that's pretty easy. That's You can go back to the boat to check if you need to. It's fine. You've got this. Okay, you need to play Deo on some steel drums. It's not that hard. It actually looks pretty easy enough that even I think I could manage it, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a lot. Um, and then you just got to run with a goat. <laughs> um, Yeah, I. it's just really funny. I think the big thing is that it's a really solid intro to all the teams, even though I don't have like a favorite yet or anything. Yeah, I was going to But ask. I think that you get like a decent sense of the dynamics of people as they're dealing with, particularly dealing with the steel drums, and with the fish mm-hmm. of how easily do you get frustrated?
0: And also, do you not don't have the dyslexic person be in charge of telling you what the number is that's written like or or like yeah. communicate and double check with, you know, because they think on one of the teams, the person who was reading the the, the four digit number is dyslexic and got the numbers can conv- like turned around. And they're like, dude, you know, mm. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. It's like, yes. Take that, know your partner, know their strengths, know their weaknesses, and help each other. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, I I like these challenges a lot. I thought, like you said, they were a good mix. And, uh, oh, just, no, I need to just, I'm not going to actually do this. It would be too much work. But I need to take that Deo segment and just put it on my website as an advertisement for why you should get your kids music lessons. There's that little, like, when the NFL team, the, the guy who was doing the challenge and just just every time running into trouble every single time got there. One of the first teams and was the Uh second to last to leave. Um, He's going, yeah. Well, I mean, because you know, in football, you have to be able to pick things up really quickly. You get handed a new playbook, you got to study it, learn it, just go. Yeah. And so I can do that. I'm really good at that. But this, you have to like, there's different. There's numbers which mean different notes, and then like the, on the first line they're slow, but on the next line they're fast, and like all, and, and then you've had the coordination. So it's it's like all these different things at once. I'm sitting there going like, well, yes, yes, it is. This is why it is good to study music and why it is important to have a well-rounded education. And now uh, studying music will allow you to combine all of these elements of your your training and your learning and your, you know, mental awareness and physical, you know, uh, acuity all together. Yes, you have to be <laughs> physically uh, coordinated and, and some level of fit. You have to be mentally aware and you have to be able to listen and observe others. This is why musical education is a very smart and well-rounded way to uh, approach developing young minds. And old minds, too. Yeah.
1: No, and also you had to hit it just right in that little gap on the steel drum, too, because otherwise the sound's wrong.
0: Otherwise, it's not loud enough. It's like, yeah. Oh, 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 honey. Yeah. Imagine you had to play the violin. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have numbers on the violin. Um, which was why you'd never have a violin in a challenge like this. It'd be way too hard. But, uh, but no, I, it, like, genuinely, it, It was a great encapsulation of the things you are learning when you're learning a musical instrument and that it's not just to make a pretty sound, though that's an important part of it. So having the two first teams be teams of people um, or contestants who, racers, who had had piano lessons when they were little, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. delightful. Even if the first woman there was getting on my nerves a bit, she's a bit aggro for me. Um, And she also, her rhythm was terrible the first time through. Uh, The fact that she then nailed it the second time through, I was like okay so she just was like in her head and then she was fine okay that makes more sense because like you started piano and you are doing eighth notes like they're quarter notes what's going on here but she got it the second time so it's okay uh any other thoughts on this episode no i'm i'm excited um yeah.
1: mainly because i feel like as we were sort of talking about with allison we're all kind of starved for the idea of traveling Mm-hmm. So suddenly we'll we'll get this little travelogue and it'll be very fun, I think, to watch. Um, which I think juxtaposes really nice with our next show yeah. of Don't Leave Your House.
0: <laughs> well and you know <laughs> the, the people last will come to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last thing to mention I wanted to mention about this is it was hilarious after watching the goats just destroy <laughs> the people to get yeah. to the, the, the track stars and the Olympian and yeah. and have her beat This is like goat go, go fast. Beat the goat. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It's like, she's not messing around. But yeah, when you have these elite athletes and the two teams that are two of the three bottom teams are your NFL players and your Olympians, like, yeah, that's right. Music is hard and it's really rewarding and it has a lot of value. Have a rounded education. Um, let's go to our next episode, which you've already, uh, you know, hinted at a little bit here. This is guys, grocery games, delivery and GG triple G at home and budget games. So, um, it wasn't just Top Chef alums, but that was a big part of this. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, like, their twist on things f- to be able to produce a season of it. Even if I would have liked to see the camera person wear a mask, which it seemed like they weren't I- in the chef's home. Some of home.
1: them were. It depended on, like, which home okay. they were in. But some of them did have bond masks.
0: Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Um, For listeners who don't know, uh, Noel, what is the standard format of Guys Grocery Games and how have they COVIDized it?
1: Right, so standard format of Guy's Groceries game is that everyone competes in a a, a mostly functional grocery store that they have built specifically for this show. Um, It is fully stocked. It is ridiculously stocked. Everyone runs around. You have to cook in the grocery store. It's a lot of fun. It's a show that my partner and I deeply enjoy watching together. It's ridiculous. How they have changed it for COVID is, based on the success of doing... Uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives remotely, which they've done a number of episodes of as both like just episodes, but also as a fundraiser. Um, They're now doing guys' groceries games from home in which they ship celebrity chefs boxes of ingredients from the store to the chef's homes. And then the chefs have to compete against one another in two challenges (laughs) using the box that has been prepared for them. Um, So it's a little bit like Chopped. But it is not because the games are still Guys Grocery Games games in which, yeah, no, you you can only use a twenty dollars worth of ingredients, and all the ingredients have price tags on them. Um, this kind of thing. Um, so it's really delightful because you get to see all these celebrity chefs, you get to see inside their houses, <laughs> or at least very least their kitchens, and make serious judgments. Um, Poor Brian Mace, um, mm-hmm. that that just sad bachelor kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a really fun sort of twist on the overall premise, and it's greatly enjoyable. Here's, I think, the most interesting thing about it um, is that they still get judged on their creation by another celeb- standard celebrity panel of judges that the show always has, like a three panel, three person panel that judges the contestants. Um, but the judges don't get to taste anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, So the chefs have to describe what their what their plate tastes like. And then the judges kind of evaluate based on that, but also based on their knowledge of food and so forth and so on. Um, And it's really compelling and it's really interesting to watch. As my partner pointed out to me when we were watching budget games, how the judges are now in the same position that audience members are always in, which is... We have to take everyone's word for it about how something tastes. And isn't that interesting to think about and wrap your brain around a little bit in terms of thinking about judging something as a judge, but doing it from your sofa as an audience member. Um, So it's a really interesting little thing. It's still really fun. I think Um, it captures the chaos um, as you said, they've got like this little shared universe of folks now because Brooke Williamson was on Budget Games and Tony was on Triple G at home. And Tony is a mainstay of Triple G at this point. Um, but it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. What did you think about these two episodes?
0: Oh, it was super fun. I had one quibble with it and mm-hmm. I'm curious how you feel about it. But yeah, sure. These chefs are, uh, of course, I assume paid for their appearance. They have an appearance fee to do the show. And they are not, Massive celebrities, but they are famous and successful enough that it felt weird for them to be competing for $20,000 as opposed to competing for charity. Yes. They should have been competing for charity. They should have been
1: competing for charity. I absolutely agree. This is a thing that the show does, however, is Mm -hmm. sometimes they're competing for charities and other times it's Battle of the Network Stars style where you're actually getting money. Mm-hmm. Um so it it kind of varies from episode to episode. Um I personally would love for this to all to be going to charity. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's kind of how the show works. I remember that there's one episode that Justin Warner uh competed on, and literally the day that he went into film his car just like stopped working. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I cannot wait to win this 20000 dollars <laughs> I have to buy a new car. Uh <laughs> And of the celebrity chefs that they have on, Justin Warner is one of the ones that would probably not have as much money as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's not the best, um, but it's a mainstay of the show. I assume that the chefs that win the 20000 give up their appearance fee, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, who who knows? But, uh, and and, you know, you never know the state of someone's situation and maybe they really yeah. need that money and, you know. And they want it, and everything. That's what's you know the setup is. But especially when the um, the the bonus for the the envelope of what is it the happy prize envelope?
1: Yeah, the happy prize envelope. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. I just remember the envelope of pain.
0: Yeah, The package of pain. The package of pain. Um, it, it when when the part of the prize for winning the first round is a one thousand dollar donation to the charity of your choice. Um, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, great. World Central Kitchen got $1,000. That is amazing. And you know what would be better? If it got $21,000. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's... Mm. It's still a really fun show. And I think they think this is a really creative and fun way to be able to do the show mm-hmm. in the current situation. And certainly I prefer yeah. it to whatever is going on with Supermarket Sweet. Um, yes, I certainly prefer this approach. Um, our next show is the American Barbecue Showdown from September... Yep. September, yeah. This was on Netflix. It dropped
1: in the middle of September on Netflix. So
0: what did you think? So I think that this
1: is a decent pilot season of a reality competition cooking show. Okay. Um, I think that the big problem with this show is that it's not particularly well produced. Um, A lot of it boils down to the fact that as a barbecue competition show and as like a big, like, As having a larger platform than, say, like Food Network, because you're on Netflix. Um, I feel like there's a larger responsibility to do some educating about barbecue that the show just doesn't do. Uh, So people talk about doing North Carolina or South Carolina style barbecue or doing Kansas City style barbecue. You know what the show never explains? What those styles are.
0: (laughs) Ah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, You know what the show never explains? What that green egg griller is actually for, even though it's one of the main things that they're supposed to use throughout the competition. What does it do? Why is it there? How's it different from a reverse smoker? And also, what does a reverse smoker do? And just all these sorts of things in which you go, you're just kind of tossing people in to this world of semi-competitive barbecue crafting without really explaining the nomenclature, without explaining the culture. Um, and that to me feels really kind of sloppy from mm-hmm. a production standpoint. Um, the flip side is is that they did a really good job casting it. Um, I think that this initial group, especially after the first three episodes, um, really locks into really good group of competitors. I think the first two to three episodes, it's getting rid of some um, getting rid of some loose ends, basically like some sacrificial lambs. But the rest of it, I think, works really well in terms of being a entertaining but still needs to be better produced uh, cooking competition. So, so they have a sandwich tournament that I think works really, really well. They have a big um, international barbecue challenge that really pushes the contestants really hard because you have to know flavor profiles and you also have to know how to prepare meat on these different sorts of grills, which was really compelling and really interesting to watch. So I think that there's a number of really good elements in this show that need to be honed a bit if they do a second season. The other thing that they need to do is get rid of L- Rutledge Wood, uh, who was the host, if you really remember, of The Floor is Lava.
0: <laughs> he
1: contributes as much here as he does to The Floor is Lava. And I want him to go away. <laughs> um yeah but i think that the both of the judges um provide enough commentary even though the show clearly prioritizes the white woman judge melissa over the black male judge kevin uh which i don't love um i think it's both it's interesting on like a weird sort of representational level but i think it's still kind of a weird thing to watch so mm-hmm. um, um, I think it's good though overall I was kind of bored by the first couple of episodes and then I just kind of kept watching it so something was obviously clicking um but I think it's if you're if you missed not being able to barbecue this summer with your friends this is a decent way to kind of get that get that sensation back um they filmed this in Covington Georgia at some point I don't know when um but it's it's good it's decent um i just want if there's a season two i want a definitely better produced version of this show
0: yeah that sounds interesting and certainly you know you know i like my reality and my reality cooking shows so yeah that that may be making uh appearance uh depending on how my viewing goes
1: (laughs) if you do get to it i definitely want to hear what you think um I was talking with a friend of the show, Corey Barker, about it, um, and we both agree that Rashid, who's one of the uh, competitors and is the only, basically, the only, like, home barbecuer that's on the show, because everyone else is, like, veterans of the competitive circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, I will like and subscribe and ring the bell on his YouTube channel if he does one, because he's great. I really, really like Rashid a lot. Um, so, yeah, he, he, for me, was, like, the standout, like, personality that comes through.
0: Cool. Well, that's, I am intrigued. We will see. Um, next up is the Great British Baking Show, or Great British Bake Off, and we have Bread Week. And before, I'm just gonna mention quickly, because Chocolate Week is the one that, you know, listeners will have seen, you know, most recently, probably. As we record, I have seen it, Noel has not. Uh, I did not realize this is only the second Chocolate Week they've ever done. They've had chocolate... Uh, they've had other chocolate challenges, but only season six, uh, which is the Nadia and Tamal and uh, Ian. The best um, season. It's, it's like, the, it's the best season. Uh, they That one had chocolate as the semifinal, but this is only the second. I assumed there had been more, but no, there hasn't. Have there haven't. Um, there have been chocolate challenges, yes. uh, but yeah. not chocolate weeks previously. Um, I'm just going to warn you, Noel, it starts roof. Okay. But the technical is good, and the showstopper is like it's just I, as far as I'm concerned, it is a dastardly challenge that mm-hmm. people who don't know baking with chocolate may not appreciate just how mean of a challenge it is, and okay. so I really appreciate and they and they do well. They do not do good on all of it, on the whole episode. The bakers do not show themselves well in the entire episode, but they mostly do really well on the showstopper, and given the difficulty level, in my opinion, uh, as someone who has a yearly battle with chocolate, tempering chocolate, different kinds of tempering of chocolate. Uh, yeah. It also is, like, the challenges are smart, considering the potential... um weather factors because they're right. they're baking chocolate versus making chocolate candies for Good. all three rounds so like Good. there's Thank elements God. especially I in the showstopper food. that like require favorable conditions to for them to be able to deliver a showstopper with a bunch of chocolate chocolate work but like in general if it was a really hot day or if it was a really rainy day then like you would still be able to succeed in all three challenges and i think that's very important um i look forward to your thoughts on that one but let's go back to bread week because they kind of they didn't do too hot it was no it was an inauspicious week
1: it was and bread week as you know is like my favorite week i love yeah because i love bread um, and this episode, both, like, on a challenge level, but also on, like, just a performance level, didn't really hit for me. Um, I kind of rolled my eyes. Um, like, I half rolled my eyes and half didn't roll my eyes at the Rainbow Bagels. Yeah. Um, because that's not a thing. Um, no. And it also, is not And also, like, I, I appreciate the fact that the Rainbow has become associated with the NHS within England, within the UK... However, that is not the primary thing that it is known for. Yeah. Um, so let's stop pretending, Paul Hollywood, um, that that's what it's there for. And I think your co your hosts, would agree with me. Um, <laughs> however, making them make a bagel, making them make bagels, as the technical, I think, is difficult, as you noted, because I mean, people have had bagels, but making that bagel is like you have to boil that sucker.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you're gonna, I mean, if you like bagels, you want a fresh bagel. You don't yes, want exactly 10 fresh bagels and they go st- like any other fresh baked, they're way better right after you yeah. make them. So yeah. it's a one a day kind of situation.
1: Yeah. So I think that that challenge was fine. Um, and it was probably like, despite the fact that I... Again, rainbow bagels are not a thing. Um, <laughs> this from the man who didn't know what ruby chocolate was, but rainbow bagels are suddenly a thing. I was like,
0: "What flavor uh, is this supposed
1: to be?" You know? Yeah. No, it's just it's just a coloring. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's this is not a thing, Paul. Um, <laughs> but the soda bread um, competition, I think, was worked well as a signature, um, and I was fine with the showstoppers. Um, I mean, most of them weren't like great. But they're all fine, um yeah, I'm you're gonna have to remind me though, because it's been such a long week. I don't remember who- Mark <laughs> any- one. Mark, I know Mark won because his his like ridiculous dharma wheel was ridiculous.
0: yeah, it was um, so but cool. who went ho- who
1: went home <laughs> Rowan. Rowan finally went home. Right. Yes. Okay. But I will say.
0: Oh, I, I say finally, but it's only the third episode. I thought, you know, if you're going to go out, his showstopper looked really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, also finally. At least yeah. his showstopper, like, he finished in time. Like, it wasn't a g- good recipe. It didn't taste great. But it looked really good. And he achieved his, like, his brief, his his what he was planning. So, like, at least he got to go out, you know, having successfully completed his bake, um, yeah. But yes, you were right. It's only three weeks, and it still feels like finally. And I say that as someone very charmed by and appreciative of Rowan. Um, yeah, Mac should have stayed <laughs> over Rowan in episode two. Um, yeah, but I look forward to your thoughts on Chocolate Week. Is all all I will say. Uh, yeah, I did like these. I I, I was very again for all of these. I was surprised that well the first two that they hadn't already done a soda bread challenge, and they've done one quick bread challenge. I think. And they've done... But they only had to make one. And then this was having to make sweet and savory. And they, like I said before, they've done one bagel challenge before, but it was a round that they could practice and that they knew it was going to happen. So, like, I think these were good choices. This, Like, all season, they've continued to surprise me with their brief choices. Um, And, yeah, when you hear what the signature is for Chocolate Week, you are going to be like, really? Really, show? And then you'll be like, okay, fair enough. Never mind. <laughs> um, but the other two challenges are are very, I think, um, they're much trickier. So, yeah. I want to talk about Chocolate Week next week. Okay, for now. Okay, moving on. Sorry, that's a, No, no, no. Don't apologize. No, that's perfectly fine. Just we'll talk about it next week. Um, um,
1: but also to address one of your points um, in your review and your straight observations, um, fam, the contestants were allowed to have their... Families come with them
0: mm-hmm. to
1: quarantine in their bubbles. Um, okay, with them, um, they were given that option by the production.
0: They must have had a lot of rooms at that hotel. But I guess if you're renting out an entire hotel and you yeah. only have ten bakers, you probably do have a lot of spare rooms. Yeah. Do they have to stay in quarantine after they get eliminated?
1: Yes, because, because otherwise they, the
0: finale, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, and also because if you just go home, people will know you got eliminated, and it might get leaked and yeah. all that kind of Oof. stuff. So that yeah, no. Suck. G- yeah, no. So I, they have to stay at the hotel.
0: Oh man, he like going. Uh, let's hang out at the cafeteria. With everybody who's not eliminated. Hey guys. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That would be rough. Um, okay, our next show is Lovecraft Country Rewind nineteen twenty-one. And, you know, we've had our issues with Lovecraft Country, but uh and and I think all of our, you know, critiques and our question marks about it are still very much present in these intermittent episodes, like the episodes in between when we stop talking about it and here. But this episode is do you know anything about this episode, Noel? Um, I do not.
1: No, um, okay. the The show's fallen off of the discourse for in my feed a little bit.
0: So. Yeah, this is their... I mean, Do you mind if I say? No, you can absolutely no, yeah. say it. it's fine. This is their Tulsa episode. Oh, okay. I did see a little
1: bit about this. Yeah,
0: yeah they travel back in time to the Tulsa massacre. Um, and I think they did a really good job with it. There are some... Like, there's some overriding. There's some moments that I wish they would have just... Let sit. Just let Tick pick up the bat and don't have a whole other line for Montrose. It's not necessary. Like so, there's some things in here where it's just, just let them trust the audience a little bit more. But you can't. I mean, you're not. I mean, I can't argue with the power of Montrose. Just listing names of people who died as he waits. You know, to and he, as as he watches what's happening. Um, I, you can't argue, I mean, I can't argue with a lot of really, really powerful and um, emotional moments. I thought, you know, if you're going to do a Tulsa episode, I mean, it's, it's so strange to think, you know, it's only how, however many months ago that we had the Watchmen. um, Almost a year. Like, a year, right? I think a yeah. year
1: ago, yeah. Come, yeah, not not a year, but like it was Less last than, but
0: year. Yeah, it was last year that we had the 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 discourse around the Tulsa massacre on Watchmen, and so many people never having heard of it before, um, and where and then here a year later, it's like oh, they're doing their Tulsa episode. Well, of course, and you know, uh but it's, I mean, if if you didn't watch Watchmen, I'm sure there are plenty of let's be very clear, white Americans who are not aware of the Tulsa Massacre, um, who this might be their first exposure to it, and hopefully they'll go and search it out. But I thought it was really well handled, and there's a bunch of really beautiful moments, and there's some continue- like really fucking creepy stuff, especially uh, what happens with uh, Diana. And I think they've done a good job, in the previous episode, I think they've done a good job of building stakes for the finale, so... um We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I expect I will be talking about the finale next week. But uh, I was really impressed with this episode. Um, even if I was like, oh my god, Letty, run. Yes, you're very cool walking through the fire, but run. Just run. Just run, please. <laughs> Hippolyta, you know, like, she's having a rough go of it. So just... just... Anyways. Uh, our last episode is DuckTales, the Forbidden Fountain of the Forever Foreverglades! Uh, so what did you think of our... A Scrooge and Goldie spotlight here.
1: It's so fun and silly, and I very much enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciated like the actual resolution of everything. Of he found he actually found the fountain and then turned it into a resort because it was getting really difficult to lure people into a fountain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people just won't follow an old man to a fountain anymore in the middle of the yeah, swamp. No. Yeah.
1: They just won't. So, but if I make it a hotel, um, uh-huh. so I think that there's a lot of really silly, delightful things here. I will say that my partner uh, immediately pegged the lion as being Ponce de Leon
0: immediately,
1: yeah. um, which I was. You know just, what's sad? Oh, I should have seen that, too. I that just makes so
0: connected much... right now Yeah, that he's a lion. Oh, did you just Leon. make that? Yeah. Yeah. Feeling yeah. real dumb right now. Thank you, though, because I would not have sure. connected that on my own.
1: You're welcome. It's what I'm here for. Um, So, no, it's really delightful. Um, I appreciated the... I appreciated that the... One of the... What I really, really appreciated was the fact that there were a number of different caps to jokes. So, like, this idea that they all assume that Webby has gotten old because it's, like, stolen her youth from them, like, drinking the water. And it's just like, no, I've just had a really bad day. Just, like, the worst day. um so that was really really funny um then then everything with like um the 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 triplets and like um dewey assuming that he's he had a growth spurt got bigger and all this sort of stuff um and then just being the water but then him also just still being dewey i think Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of really good little payoffs here um but yeah the episode is just pure wonderful silliness between two weirdly immortal beings um and they're and which always reminds me of scrooge's creepy brigadoon house Mm -hmm. (laughs) with his family still inside of it
0: don't know if you
1: think it right but it's still really great um tenet and seagal just play off each other so well and they find that that kind of rival screwball 40s uh, 1940s stuff, just find that mode really quickly. And I always really enjoy when they do it. And also, boy, Young Scrooge was hot for a duck.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's uh, Allison Janney, though. It's not Katie Skull. Oh, is
1: it Allison Janney? I thought it was Katie Segal doing an Allison Janney impression.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a very, like, I can hear the Seagal in it, in that performance, yeah. in some of the choices. It's not, to me, anywhere near as close as the, oh, that's Julie Bowen I'm pretty sure it's not, um, but but uh, but yes, yeah. It was it was really fun. I liked this episode a lot, and I thought it, it thought it balanced the two storylines well. Um, there was enough mislead, there was enough banter. You knew where it was going to end up, but it was a fun way to get there. And yeah, it was just very very silly. And the notion that like nobody really misses these Spring Breakers. He's been doing this a long time, and no one has ever been like. You know, Biff never made it back from spring break uh, is just a delightful and creepy undercurrent. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it was another delightful DuckTales. And the, yeah, that's about all I have to say about it. It's fun. Uh, what wins your weekend TV? Um, that's a good
1: question. DuckTales was pretty solid. I really enjoyed Amber Ruffin having $20 more than the president. Um but I think I'll give it to Guy's Groceries Games just for the sheer COVID novelty of it all. Mm-hmm. Um but it's pretty low bar to clear this week. What yeah, I'm
0: I, I'm going to give it to to Lovecraft Country definitely. Okay. Um some really and like some of the music choices too like they like I have my you know issues with the show the music is not one of them uh really really good stuff um now we're going to take a break listen to a trailer and come back to talk about season one of cobra kai which was originally on youtube but is now on netflix so we'll be we'll be right back after this
1: fighting positions i just don't know why you'd ever want to bring back cobra kai you're not trained to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. You may know the moves, but none of that matters unless you have balance. Are you ready to learn the way of the fist? Yes, citizen! Yes,
0: That was a trailer for season one of Cobra Kai, now available streaming on Netflix. Where it has two seasons and has been renewed for two more. Season three is coming next, uh, like January, and then four will be after that. Um, so let's start with obviously this is a sequel to The Karate Kid. Very yeah.
1: well, a follow up to The Karate Kid. There, are, there are other sequels to The Karate
0: Kid. Yes, it is not. A, it is not a sequel to The Karate Kid two. It is a sequel or a follow-up to the Karate Kid. Um, And the original one, not the Kung Fu Kid, which I never saw. Maybe it's good. Who knows? But uh, first important question, do you have a strong relationship with the Karate Kid? And did that help hinder or not impact your viewing experience with Cobra Kai?
1: I weirdly have absolutely no connection to the original Karate Kid. I'm familiar with it. I've seen it a couple of times. But it is is not a cultural touchstone from the 80s in the way that, like, Ghostbusters is for me. Um, Ghostbusters was one of those defining 80s uh, franchises for me as a kid born in the mid-80s that carried through. But Karate Kid just never never registered for me. So I've seen it a couple times. I know it through osmosis, um, which is about all I really think I needed Mm -hmm. for this. Um so I was okay. Um like I, I but it also allowed me like a degree of distance in terms of I think thinking about the show and what it wants to do and what it wants to say. Um so yeah, that's that's my relationship with this franchise is very much a Yeah, no, I've seen this. I don't really remember much about it. And I remember Barney Stinson thinking that Johnny was the true hero. Of the Karate Kid, and hey, guess what? They made a show about it. What's your connection with the f- film, and how did it influence you here?
0: I have a. It has a strong place in my heart. I don't, I've only seen it a couple times, but I, I have a, a very, a very fond of the original. Um, and this, the Karate Kid 2, great, just for Pat Morita, like, to, like his performance is so good. Like He's, he's really, really good. In a totally fine movie, he's very good, with his like two scenes. And I think I've even seen, was it the next Karate Kid, which is the Hilary Swank one? Um, yes. but I remember nothing about it, besides the fact that she's in it. Uh, so, yeah, I can't speak to that, uh, I think that yeah, awareness is important for this. But n- beyond that, you're fine. And they they do yeah. plenty of hand holding. Anything you need to know. Like if you don't have an affinity for the Karate Kid, I don't know how well the show's going to work for you. Um, I can't actually. I can't really imagine it working if you don't go like, oh yeah, like you know Johnny and uh, like oh yeah okay and Daniel San and. You know, and have like a little bit, at least a little bit of nostalgia and warm fuzzies. I don't know how the show works for, for viewers. So I would be curious to see, you know, if any of our listeners do have that experience, what they felt about it. I did not care for Cobra Kai. I didn't think it was even all that particularly good. I think there are some good elements to it. And I think there are some choices that I think are interesting. But mostly I had big problems with the racism of the show. And I had uh, big problems with, it's just like, wh- why do you want to watch this show? Why am I, why am I watching these characters? And I think there is a combination of factors of the show wanting to, like, set up an asshole and watch them learn lessons. And also massive blind spots, uh, or either that or very intentional racism, on the show's part where they don't seem to understand that if you go from um you know having pat marita beat up a bunch of privileged white kids who are very physically you know uh, like who who are very strong and beating the crap out of this 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 poor kid it reads very differently than if you have an older white man beating up an asian kid even if he's you know, actually 25 and built like it, it, it's different. It's not the same, um, at least in, in America, in our current culture. So the, and that's just one example of many. And I'm curious. So I'm very curious how you felt about it because I wanted to like it more because I watched it all. Like I have to watch more of this. I hope that this isn't a problem for me all the way through. I hope they're just starting out with a thing and then they're going to change and subvert it. And in some ways they did, and in other ways I think they really didn't. So, yeah, I I definitely, with the way it ends, I have no interest in season two, which is disappointing because I like Miguel. I want to be invested in season two. The second generation is much better. Just give her to the first generation.
1: Yeah, so from my understanding is, is that the second season does a lot more work to start to undercut and, like, actually do stuff with exploring the larger ramifications of the toxic masculinity that is the foundation of its program of cobra kai um and arguably is the foundation for 1980s films in general um of a certain vein of mm-hmm. which karate kid could arguably fall into um it doesn't to a certain degree of my recollection but the general concept is there um so, yeah, I don't really like this either. I, I think I like it slightly more than you, but it's fine. Like, that's the thing I can say about it, is that it's fine. um, And that I think that it has, like, a good concept of wanting to think about, all right, how do we change Johnny from this just really toxic human being who has a reason for being toxic and has never had anyone to explain to him why this is bad. Um, but it's just not really interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. to watch. Um, and I also kept going like having weird things of like, all right, wait, no, wait, he doesn't know what Facebook is, but he knows how to order custom geese and get big decals for his wall and get mats and stuff. But, I'm confused about his knowledge. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else that you've outlined in terms of like, yeah, no, that scene from the mini Bart in the pilot is actively bad. Um, and so are most of like the fights in terms of a representational standpoint. I do think that the show does a decent job of showing how that kind of toxic mentality and how the toxic masculinity is infectious however
0: it does a really good job with eli and hawk
1: yeah and with eli and hawk but also with aisha to a certain degree as well because mm-hmm. she goes whole hog as well in a different sense than um hawk does oh god hawk Poor it's a good performance boy. It's a great performance. Like yeah. that's kind of the thing, is like I think that the kids, the younger generation, as you were saying, provide a number of really, really great performances. And I do I think William Zapka and Machio, I think are both really good in terms of what they're what they're being asked to do, but they're not being asked to do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um whereas I think the kids are being asked to do more and they're doing it well. Um, which makes me happy because it kind of keeps in line with the general idea of this is a program for kids, sort of, like the movies mm-hmm. were yeah. for teenagers. Um, I don't know like how well the show translates as a family show, per se, um, especially with some of the larger like um, lewd humor of drawing the dicks mm-hmm. on a billboard. Um, but I think that there's enough like little layers there that it that those aspects of it and how everyone gets wrapped up in this like toxic wave of masculinity. Even Daniel is kind of gross, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, and that but just in an actively different way from how Johnny behaves. So I think that there are elements of it that are that I like, but the show as a whole, I was just mostly bored by. Um, which made me really glad that the episodes were only twenty-five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well it just <sighs> When they introduce the other, like when when they introduce the other, like business owner guy, and he's just this
1: Cole this, Tom Cole,
0: no, not Tom Cole, the 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 landlord.
1: Oh yes, and it's oh, just God. like let's uh, tick nope.
0: off a bunch of real bad. racist stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's just it's just really bad. And oh, I mean yes, it's. It's more interesting that Daniel isn't some paragon, but I spent the whole thing just pissed off at him because he's a terrible father who has ruined his youngest kid, Um, who, you know, they go too far with making him a dick. I think at first, Uh, I think the, his, his, his racism towards, is it Kyler? I don't forget the... The boyfriend, I don't remember. And it's like, yeah, assuming... Yeah, Kyler. No, yeah. no, Kyler's the correct name. Kyler's the right <laughs> name. Um, is... Is absolutely on point, and very good, and very appropriate, and I appreciated it that he's like, but where are your parents from? And we're like, see? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. it is like, this is someone who greatly respects and reveres Japanese culture, and does not realize that he is also part of the problem. You know? Like, that mm-hmm. There has some interesting things to say with that. But, like... You don't need to make Daniel a total dick in order to make Johnny more likable or, like, to get you on board with Johnny. That's just, you know, it's not interesting. And also, anyone... I don't want to watch any show about characters who can't let go a fight they had 30 years ago. Um, And we get why Johnny is hung up on it, but we have no... There's no decent explanation for why Daniel is it doesn't make any sense. Um it also doesn't make any like he would be a laughing stock if he made his entire sales pitch what, like 30 years ago I won a a a, a a a like a karate championship. Literally that is a thing that Keith ranieri did or does. I don't know if he still does. Uh but like he was like yeah he won a judo tournament at age 8 and that shows how physically adept he is. like That is, that is not something that people would think was cool. That is something that everyone would mock. Um, So it's just really, and some of the the other elements, they're just trying too hard. I liked the, I really like Miguel. I like his family. I like the tension between the mom and the grandma about how he should act. I like uh, the love interest like dynamic with uh you know even I'm I'm down with what the, most of what they do with the love triangle until they feel the need to again be like well we can't like Miguel too much so let's have him act yes. like a dick because it's important that we build up this character by making the other character a dick not by just building up that other character it's just it's frustrating and if you know Johnny is just such a sad character like he's hung up on Allie, There's no Allie. He doesn't. It means nothing, and and that means that just it tells you a lot about him, which is interesting, but doesn't make sense for well, the little we know about the the character. And it also, uh, like that should be like a starting point, and then we see him grow, and we start to get a little bit of that. But I don't want to watch. A pilot season so that I can watch the more interesting second season. And when Kreese shows up at the end, I was like, oh, well, I'm not watching. Like, the whole point of the finale is that Johnny seems like he learns his lesson, that, oh, the Cobra Kai mentality is actually really destructive, and I'm passing on, like, the sins of the the mentor, right, to my students now, and I'm part of the problem. And And instead, they, like... We're going to do a whole season of this in season two? No, no, I'm good. I don't need that. Um, I, I so I, There were episodes that I liked. I liked the stop off the bar. I liked like when basically when they felt like more like people. Yeah, I like them. Uh, yeah,
1: and- I mean, when they're bonding over liking Ario Speedwagon, despite the fact that it's grounded in what man doesn't like Ario Speedwagon. Um, but it's still like, oh, you're human beings right now. That's nice. Yeah. Because you're not human beings the rest of the show.
0: Yeah, and it just, I think there was too much. I mean, I don't know how much was intentional and in the point of the show, and how much was you know just the writers knowingly setting something up but failing to demonstrate that they are that they are undercutting this message. But there was just too much um, uh, unsuccessful white male uh, pity party for mm-hmm. at the be- start of the show. Um, yeah, sure. here, are, here are all these reasons that we should feel bad for Johnny, as opposed to here's all the ways he has fucked up his own life and it, he, is, he is responsible for where he is now. The fact that he has not been a father to his child for 16 years. Like, this is not enough to get me to like him. <laughs> and well, if you know, if this and that and that and that, at like a certain point you're responsible. And a big part of that is when, if you have a kid. Like you, you're responsible for that kid. And yes, you had a piece of crap, emotionally abusive father, stepfather, but that doesn't make it okay that you are an absentee father. Uh, so it just, it was really frustrating for me because I could see a version of this show that I would be really interested in, but this is not Uh it.
1: Yeah, no, and Robbie, um, who is listeners, Robbie is uh, Johnny's son. Mm-hmm. Um, just has a range of problems throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mo- his mother is also just,
0: yeah, awful,
1: just <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, um, and so him latching on to Daniel um, as the surrogate parent. Um, Makes a lot of sense, and I appreciate. I do appreciate how the show handles his transition into that. Yeah, I think that works well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip this guy off to prove something to my dad. To oh, no, this guy cares about me? Question
0: mark. This is kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah, I'm treated with uh, like. See, they notice how I'm doing, and they care about me. Yeah, Yeah, that was a stupid reason to do it. I'm just gonna. just no, nobody, nobody tell him because that'll be awkward.
1: Yeah, but um, so that generally works, but it gets wrapped up then in the uh, triangle, which I hated. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as Miguel walks to the patio and sees Johnny and Sam, I'm just like, oh, no, we're going to do this. We're actually going to do this. Instead of, I know that they're teenagers, but just talk to one another a little bit. Just. Have a conversation for the love. of... No, we're not. We're gonna. We're gonna have this all bottled up for the big finale. Okay.
0: Well, and just when you see how (laughs) destructive, like, because initially there are some positive aspects to um, Johnny taking McGillander's wing, right? There are some troubling things right away, immediate red flags. But and you and I like that they are honest about that. Like, yeah, he's given him booze. He shouldn't. That's, like, that's a bad choice. And we were watching him encourage bad choices in Miguel, in a person who previously would not have made them. But every time we watch Miguel darken and we watch the Cobra Kai's get more violent and we watch these kids who seemed, you know, they were having getting bullied at school, but otherwise it seemed like they mostly had their heads on straight, mm-hmm. Get get walked down... A more violent and darker and more destructive path. It just makes it all the more uh, upsetting and frustrating when the show wants me to like Johnny because it's like, yeah, this is how incels are made, right? This is how this is how young people are radicalized. Um, just with more, usually I would expect more intent than this, but yes, it's and I'm sure that that's something that it's obvious they want to explore that in season two. I'm not sticking around for season two. So, um, yeah, it's just, i I know some people really like it. A lot of people really like yeah. it and I'm glad that you do. Maybe you'll let me know that I should really stick with season two. And cause it, cause all these different things happen, but apparently at the end of season two, like the, like Johnny accidentally like butt dials Allie or something. And so the yeah, indication is that like, they're going to try to get Elizabeth shoe on for, at some point for, in season three. And I'm like, who cares about this? I mean, Yay Elizabeth Shue! Don't get me wrong; I don't have a problem with Elizabeth Shue. She's great, but yeah. like, why is it good for the show for Allie to appear? And I don't think it is. Yeah. so it's just well, very
1: it feeds into the larger thing I think that the show sort of deals with is with its female characters. Like um, Daniel's wife is great, but she's also ill-defined.
0: Well, she's um, first; she's terrible, and then yeah. all of a sudden she's super mom. And then, like, there's no... And same thing is true with pretty much all the the women. Uh, yeah. Like, the fact that the mother-in-law and the wife are constantly bickering until Sam, like, works her magic and gets them... Off cause screen, those, and they're all
1: Those, those
0: yeah. magical, you know, like, well, you know, those emotional women, I had to manipulate them into not fighting. You're welcome, yeah. Dad. I was able to do that because I also am a woman. And you couldn't possibly, you know, step up and be a good partner to your wife you know like it's there's some really toxic gender stuff even aside from the things that it's clear the show knows is toxic um so
1: yes exactly the show knows certain things are toxic and then doesn't know that other things are um and it's just it makes for a very split weird viewing experience
0: yeah so does not get a televerse seal of approval no looking forward to not watching more
1: I may watch season two just to mm-hmm. kind of see, but it's going to be like how I probably watched American Barbecue Throwdown, which is like an episode at right before I go to bed and then be like, yeah, okay, I can go to sleep now. <laughs>
0: um, Fair enough. But yeah. 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 Well, on that, eh note uh a few show notes you can find a post for this episode over at the theteleverse.org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of week's tv you can like our page on facebook and start up a conversation there you can find our m4a chapter feed and mp3 unchaptered feed up in apple podcasts where you can leave us a rating and review we'd appreciate your feedback there you can also find us over in stitcher and uh you can find my bake-off write-ups and recaps over at the ab club and we're both on twitter i am at the televerse and noel you are
1: At Noel RK. Thank you
0: so much for a great week, Cake. We're almost at an hour. Let's go. Look at that. (laughs) Thank you, Noel, as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Delaverse.